0: Hi, and welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast in partnership with Najahi Events, the premier event uh, organizer here in the UAE, bringing such talent in to inspire us and motivate us and give us tips, tricks, and strategies to make our businesses better. Um, The likes of Alicia Keys, uh, Nick Vujicic, uh, Prince EA, the awesome Tony Robbins have been here very recently, and there are some even bigger stars on their way soon. So check out Najahi Events and check out the amazing inspirational leader or for Mustafa, who I've got a huge amount of time and respect for. Um, and my podcast wouldn't have the success it's got without having these guys as partners. So I'm very grateful to them. So go check them out, Najahi Events on Instagram, and you can follow what they're up to there. In this episode of the Spencer Lodge podcast, you'll see an interview with my business partner Daniel Suchley on the sales clinic where we talk about the 10 mistakes that people make when they start a business now Danielle is a very different type of person to me that's why I think we work so well together she's the cautious the quiet behind the scenes type of person whereas I'm probably the big gregarious character that you've all got to know Danielle is smart as a button she's worked with me for 15 years she worked for me 15 years ago And uh, she is literally uh, uh, superhuman in what she does. She's a mother of two kids. She suffers with an autoimmune uh, disease that she uh, struggles with from time to time. And she's still building a company out that's worth over $100 million now. So massive respect for her. Listen up to what she says about the 10 mistakes people make. We went into... Quite a lot of detail on this one. So there's going to be some really valuable content for you. But without further ado, well, no, without further ado, let's stop that for a minute. If you enjoy this podcast, I would be so, so happy if you could take a screenshot while you're listening to it and then post it on Instagram and tag me in, letting me know that you're watching it. If you do that, it lets me know. I love to see in my inbox messages coming through of those photos coming through in my stories showing that there's people consuming this content and enjoying it. So without further ado, let's get started. Cue the music. Good evening everybody, <laughs> it's Instagram fans first. Okay, hi Instagram, how you doing? I hope you are ready for tonight's show. Hi Facebook, how you doing? So all you yeah, out on Facebook, all of you guys out there on Instagram, thanks for coming to join us while I just fiddle with this. Um, this is my wonderful, <laughs> I'm a magician, this is my wonderful assistant. <laughs> So for those of you that don't know Danielle, Danielle is my business partner, and some of you, yeah, some of you might know her, but a lot of you won't, and she's kind of behind the scenes and a lot more kind of cautious and considerate and sensible than me. Fair? Very fair. But, okay, um, where some people think I'm the brains... Some. I'm not. Uh, Danielle literally uh, runs the Blue Sky Thinking Group and does does a million things. She's a mother with two kids, thank you very much. She's a mum with two kids. But come and say hello and ask your questions to her tonight because she's on the show with us and she's gonna help us go through these 10 steps and these mistakes that people make and the advice that we can give you when starting a business yourself for the first time. So you'll see that on Instagram, you'll see that the telephone, you have to turn it the other way around, don't you? Okay, you turn it the other way around. That's because we wanna get us both in the shot easily. And for you guys on Facebook, it's easy peasy as normal. So come say hi. guys. Instagram please you know some of you have got wacky handles so do me a favor and let me know Lizzie give us a laptop no problem at all say hi Lizzie hi say hi <laughs> Alicia hi Alicia right so we've got everybody here okay let me get this plugged in and we'll be ready to go how are you doing guys Woo! okay how are you doing guys um Mark nice to see you on oh, oh well there's loads of you on here tonight okay hold on why isn't this standing up right Dan Danielle hey Dan Do you not like to be, you don't do um, it?
1: You're Dan. Dan Is that okay? Danny or Danielle. Danny, (laughs) call her
0: Danny. I would know that though. All right, so there's a bunch of you out there. Okay, remember, ask your questions. It's absolutely pointless, you being on this show with us and sitting there and literally not getting involved. So I want you to get involved. So the first thing I'm gonna say, okay, if you could set your own business up, I want you to respond in the comment section. If you could set your own business up, is that something you would like to do? Can you just type yes or no in the comment section for me, all right? Just say yes or no. If, you'd like to, if you could set your own business up, is that something you would like to do, okay? So just in the comments, type in there and let me know, all right? That's the first thing. Come on guys, let's get going with it. All right, let's have a look here. We've got a whole bunch of people. This, do you know what about, I bought you this cover for this phone, didn't I? Yeah. And I buy you the cover of the phone and it's got like, it's the slipperiest bottom to it ever. It's like we need some blue tack or something just to. Leather, it broke anyway. Did it break? Did it really? Anyway. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> what, the cover broke? Yeah, yeah. Put your cover on it then. No, I'm not putting my cover on. Yeah, okay. No, yeah, go on, then do that. that that's actually wow. because they're the same phones, aren't they?
1: Yeah, so much technology.
0: Right, Danny, sorry. <laughs> 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 we just gotta, gotta get it right. Okay, right, so there's people who want to start their own business. A whole bunch of people on Instagram saying, yes, I want to start my own business. Okay, there's people on Facebook saying, yes, I want to start my own business. Okay, Mark's saying, I'm in the process. Henriette says, yes. Ella says, yes. All right, Snuggy's on. How are you doing? Snuggy Valentino is a guy that comes on my show. What a name! Snuggy cool Valentino. He comes okay, every week. And Snuggy has literally the best name in the world ever. So I love him very much. Okay, actually, this is the secret. Boom. Okay, then it's done. Good. Right, okay, so Danny. Yes. How long have we worked together? Too long.
1: I always say that, uh, 15, 15 years. Is it 15, 15 years? years?
0: yeah. So you were like this kind of like, teenager.
1: I know you're gonna have an age con.
0: <laughs> Speak yeah. up. Yeah,
1: I was, I was um, yeah, 15 years we've been working together.
0: Wow, where does time go? Do you remember the first time you met me?
1: Yeah, but you probably don't want to put on air. <laughs> 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 don't, uh, don't ask me for thoughts or of opinions, so yeah, I do.
0: What was the first thing, because a lot of people won't know this, but we've talked about it quite a bit over the years. What was the first thing I asked you to do, I tasked you to do? Do you remember?
1: I know what you're talking about. It wasn't wasn't the first thing, but you made me write a presentation around Oprah Winfrey, and you told me I was going to present it to 80 people in a regional meeting, (laughs) and I wasn't. You never had any intention of doing that, but I did prepare and work really hard for it. Oh uh, yeah, ruined my weekend. Sent all weekend. It was about Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey. We all. You, you actually gave it to a few of us. You gave uh You gave us all a different topic, and you said, right, you've got to, you've got to, yeah, present to regional meet this in this big regional meeting, and then the following quarter, I had to present on the New York Stock Exchange. Oh really? Yeah.
0: Did, yeah. did you enjoy being under <laughs> Taskmaster
1: <laughs> <laughs> always was a taskmaster. <laughs> then. Yeah. Did
0: you um? Did you um? enjoy being put under pressure like that though no
1: no one enjoys no. <laughs> being put under pressure like Highlands, that yeah. people enjoy the other side of it
0: well, okay so in the moment you don't if you guys out there that don't know us that are joining us okay danielle and i have been fortunate enough to build a business and and predominantly from danielle's I suppose I would describe it as as, um, foresight more than anything else. Build a business that's worth something in the region of $100 million now. And that's something that we both obviously are enormously proud of. So if you want to ask questions about that tonight, please feel free to do so. And also when you want to talk about, maybe you want to ask about partnerships as well. Okay, people going to business together and and sometimes it doesn't work and the challenges that people face. Um, And and I think uh, understanding the ingredients that makes it work with Danny and I, okay, would be an interesting thing to learn about too. Okay, there's loads of mistakes people make
1: absolutely okay there's We've people made, on. I made a lot of them but yeah
0: okay there's people on here that are saying look I want to start my own business let's let's go through some of the mistakes that people make and again guys chime in if you've got points you want to raise by all means do so um, Mark Jones says I was told to get 25 business cards a light and Portuguese okay. <laughs> <laughs> mark used to work for his years. do you remember Mark Jones uh, years no. and years ago no anyway okay right so um what, when when you're dealing with the people that you deal with and you think about the, 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 let's talk about our mistakes. Yeah. Okay, let's just start there. What kind of mistakes did we make at the beginning?
1: Um, spending money on things that are not important.
0: Okay, give, um, give examples.
1: So that a great example would be uh, going out and building a really um, awesome website when you've just started a business and ultimately you don't know what direction, there's gonna be twists and there's gonna be turns and trying to sort of focus on if you're gonna fail and things are gonna need, uh, you're going have to have iterations and you're gonna have to change things up, you don't wanna invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in things like websites or marketing or branding until really you've got a bit more traction. So you wanna test stuff first. So oh, people
0: get really hung up on the whole brand at the beginning, don't they? Yeah, are it's remember- exciting, it's creative
1: yeah. and it's, it's fun stuff, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, yeah kind of looking at what's a an absolute must and looking what is kind of a, a want at that stage is really important yeah because we, we spent we spent a lot
0: of money on our first website didn't we yeah,
1: you spent a lot of money on it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were the first, when people were like, we were so brave. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Do you remember yeah. we chose pink? Do you remember, it was like on the first yeah, website, it like, nobody's me. using pink, <laughs> let's use pink. That would be a brilliant idea, so that would stand so out.
1: Look, my first point, so when you asked me um, to speak tonight, I really thought about, okay, what would where would I start? And I think market research, I think you're so excited. And probably the people you're gonna speak to when you're setting up a business, you're going to speak to you, whether it's your mum, your dad, your partner, your best friend. And they're not going to tell you when your ideas are mad and when your ideas aren't great. So having um, a sounding board where you know that they're going to kind of tell tell you straight. Yeah. and Kind of get um, really unbiased opinion. But also, as I said, testing the market first. Which, to be fair, as much as we um, we weren't really brave and went pink and involved with our first website, we actually did do a lot of customer market research around that. I think at the time, financial services maybe just wasn't quite ready for that. Well, if you think about
0: it, if if we go back, do, do you remember how we thought about how we were gonna go to the market differently? Yeah. Okay, and how we thought we had this, you know, bulletproof formula that was gonna completely dominate because we were sick of the whole cold. You know, lots of you will understand cold calling, okay? So we, we came from an industry where cold okay. calling was rampant. It was paramount, you know, it was, it was every day and everywhere, okay? Those love hearts really mean a lot, so don't forget to press that button, okay? And if you wanna press the share button, I'll love you forever. So mm-hmm. on Facebook right now and on Instagram, share this content. There's other people that could really benefit from it. So we, we started out, and like, right, that cold calling sucks, right? let's find a solution to cold calling and let's not have that. And you know, to me, just blew my mind how we, it was almost like we had a home run. It was like we had the winning numbers to the lottery ticket almost with the solution. Okay. But we could see how valuable it was. But do you remember everybody else couldn't?
1: Well, that's it, isn't it? It's, um, and I think that, that feeds really nicely into that point of you've got to become obsessed um, with the client and not obsessed with your ideas or what you think is right. And I think it's so easy again in, that, in those early stages of business to kind of go, this is like, <laughs> why has no one thought of this? This <laughs> is just genius. And you've got to make sure that not only um, does your consumer market are they ready for it? Are they re- are, are, do they back you in saying, okay, this is an awesome idea? Because yeah, it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter how much you might may think it's a great idea, but also the people who are going to work for you. So I think at that time it was still a bit of an out there concept that you know this could be done in any other way and probably did just didn't give anywhere near as much consideration to that and that chi- the the shift in psychology of the people who Potentially, were working for us at the time. How how big it was going to be for them. Hmm.
0: Also, another one of those mistakes. One of the mistakes. I remember you talking to someone and, and kind of checking it out. We had this great idea. Do you remember? It was like, well we don't need to have an office in a in a, in a, in a, in a financial centre. What we need is retail outlets. So let's be in the shopping malls and let's be selling financial services and insurance in these places where yeah. consumers go. And it was like, what a brilliant idea! and Who is it that you spoke to? Yes,
1: yeah, so I've got I've got a couple of people, and hopefully they won't mind, mind me um, using their names, but. Um, yeah, I've got two clients in particular. One is a guy called Lindsay Wakefield. And if he's listening tonight, he'll be like, yes, I did. And I remember going and sitting with him and saying, Lindsay, like, you know, talk to me about this. Well, is this a great idea? And I kind of just thought, again, I'd like sort of stumbled across I was like, why are we in this big commercial tower when it could be so much easier for clients? He was like, it's mad. It was like, it's gonna cost you an absolute fortune. And he was like, ultimately, people want you to go and meet them, whether it's at their office, their home, It's that flexibility and it's that um, sort of bespoke service. He was like, you know, all the banks are in in those retail spaces, and he was like, that's that's not what you're about. You're about something different to that. And again, um, Lindsay's one of those people for me who I often check those kind of ideas with. But he's a business consultant, and you know, he looks at things very much on balance. And I think that, yeah, when we're get we're in that creative zone, and particularly if you're surrounded by your co-founders and other people that it's, it's really easy to sort of buzz off that excitement and just kind of run with it and don't get me wrong you need loads of that energy but yeah you need the kind of some voice of reason I guess at times and mm. and actually to seek out people who you think may may have a different opinion to you.
0: It's um, almost like you've got to avoid the people that are going to be negative and cynical and you have to embrace the people that are going to be objective yeah okay? and, and also champion you in their thinking while whilst they try and feed responses guess, um, to you.
1: Tony Robbins um, calls it a mature naysay. So you have two different types of naysay. So they're, they're negs. So you've got one, the immature naysay, who I guess um, just, yeah, nicks you out and just generally whatever you say is just going to be can't do it, it's not possible. A mature naysay is that person who's going to take a bit more of an objective um, approach and kind of, yeah, weigh things up on balance and that you kind of listen to and kind of, yeah, I've got a couple of the guys in the office who. I know they're, they're far from being negative, but they will also tell me like, I think you're a bit mad here and I think you need to consider this, this, and this. You need those people around you.
0: Okay, other mistakes?
1: Um, not putting enough into recruitment in the early setting. And when I say not enough, loads of money into it. Um, just didn't know the type of hire um, that I wanted or that we wanted back then
0: too wide in in uh, in our decisions
1: numbers and not seeing um recruit like your corporate culture starts with the people you hire and we say no now to a lot of people um that if i look back five or six years ago we'd have said absolutely yes to um so our criteria has become more and more refined but with that our corporate culture has become more and more defined (laughs) um so yeah, it's so important, and again, something that that particularly when you have those spurts because you do in the early stages where all of a sudden things take off and something's working, and it's really easy to sort of go right. We've got to up the resources, and you're just looking for bums on seats. And often your um, your resource planning, I guess, um in those early stages is okay. We need someone six months ago. <laughs> like just get someone in. And yeah, I mean, it just the financial impact of that is just yeah, it's insane. A lot of
0: people hearing you talk right now might be thinking you're way way further down the road in that thought process than I am right now. I'm literally sitting here and I and I -hmm. I want to create this business. And no, I think it's important for everyone to realise where we started. Yeah, we didn't start with a corporate culture. We didn't start with all these great things that you know after some years we've got and that you've put together. We started literally. Do you remember the office? Yeah, we we had a, a little office in JLT. It was it was the Size of someone's living room. It's uh, like playing
1: Tetris. Actually, getting in and out. Yeah, yeah, you had yeah, to yeah, like, that you yeah, yeah, You, could, <laughs> you know, move, Yeah, You know, Yeah, someone had to stay still and someone had to move. That's
0: yeah. right. Yeah, you, to, to get in and out because of the chairs. And we literally had this small space. We had this great idea, and we decided that we were going to go for it. And again, it wasn't like that. We were sat there really knowing what we were doing. We just were very passionate about it. And 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 luckily. Okay The mistakes didn't break the business, but we've had times where they nearly did, didn't we? yeah you know we had, we had times with decisions um, recruiting somebody that that literally literally nearly destroyed our business and churned all of our a big part of our book of business um, and cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars, like hundreds of thousands of dollars and it was touch and go in, in many respects at that time as to you know whether we could keep the lights on and it was really interesting that, that we've come through that and we can talk about that mm. okay and and a lot of people that that sometimes is what destroys the business
1: yeah i mean it 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 really <laughs> there's so much that you have to keep us like such a close rein on um having financial optics so understanding you know the the finances to such a degree and i mean we're we're really fortunate that we've got people of really different skill set of you know to you and i actually who are um, so good at doing that, but yeah, monitoring it, all, all those aspects, those risks, it's, there's so many calculated risks that you need mm. to take.
0: So many businesses go bust in the early stages because they haven't, haven't really done their homework as much as they should mm. have done. Um, there's some questions coming through here. Let me yes. try and answer them. Um, Nadia says, I've changed my website 10 times because of experts who say my business is down because it needs a lot of work. I paid for the work, but the results are now poor. Now that I've made mistakes, uh, one on paying for the website for a new business, what do you think are the main things a website should uh, have that is enough for me to stick with without being trolled by these website specialists? So Nadia, I know, has a cosmetics brand. Okay. Okay. So that's it, that's her business. So what kind is of it, it, Is,
1: on, is online? Everything's online or it's- um,
0: um, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think I think she sells. I mean, she, the, the, the makeup brand is called Ombre. Hmm. Okay, I'm doing a plug for you there, Nadia. How about <laughs> that, you can pay me. I want an affiliate link. Hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, she she obviously wants to sell stuff online.
1: So um, again, I've done a a few different um, sort of, yeah, corporate sort of courses. And one thing that's really interesting is um, when you actually sit down with these consultants, these business consultants, and they'll say everyone they ever meet is just about to, or in the middle of reading their website. And I know that one of the things that they they kind of tried to hammer home was that your website will be an eight at best, eight out of ten. Um, and actually, if you do okay over a twelve month period, it will be a six. So yeah, every couple of years you're going to have to you're going to have to give it a complete overhaul. I think um one of the big things for me is it's think something like a website. You've you you've got to be able to add stuff to it, delete stuff, change a bit of text without stopping and starting. So it's being able to keep the momentum and pace. So rather than going, okay, everything you know tools down until such time as my website you know, is re overhauled. You've got to be able to make just iterations and, and kind of look at what's really important. Are people going to your website and really not buying because, yeah, your logo's on one side of the page instead of the other, or your click now to buy button is slightly off-center. I, mm. ju- I don't think that makes the, the, the biggest difference. I think what does make the biggest difference is your proposition to start with. And I think that it's really easy to get hung up on all of these kind of website and the office design and the, you know, um, what, what colour should this be in the leaflet or the brochure. Or the, the, all those kind of stuff are really pretty insignificant on their own. So I think if your overall offering is good and the passion of that overall offering will come through. And I think that's what's really important in that those first mm. six to 12 months. Really
0: really valuable there. Guys, come and ask your questions. Elizabeth says, so true, I've been so hung up on the brand, procrastinating and wasting time around stuff that at this early stage for me, uh, wasn't gonna add value. Since letting go of that, I've gained more clients, more clarity on the direction of the business. However, I still need, uh, still need branding. So interesting the comment that we've got there. Um, Let's talk about some more. Okay, let's keep going on. Okay, guys, I will answer your questions. Don't worry at all. We've got them all here. Okay, we will answer them. So give us some more, okay? Other mistakes that people are making when they're setting business up.
1: Um, okay, have noted loads down here. Okay, so I think I touched on it earlier, uh, but making sure that you're um, testing stuff out and testing out as cheaply as possible. So... Uh, this was really relevant for us with our online business, which is Benapol, so the online platform. And what we would do in the early days would be, go, I'd say, do you know what, it'd be just great if this feature was there. And if actually when you would go onto that page, it actually goes onto here and it does this, this and this. And I got really excited about it. And um, Abdullah, our, our CTO, will absolutely testify that I'd go to him and I'd say, right, I want to change this and can we do this. And, and now I'm just way, way more patient and... Actually the, the trick there is sticking a button that says, so I know that we've just done loads of testing around our payroll systems and adding integrating payroll systems. Sticking a button there and getting people to click on it and actually testing that, are people interested in it? If I build this feature out, are they gonna actually use it? And I think, in, again, in the early days, we'd been just so keen to build out that feature, it was gonna work, and being kind of, I guess, pig-headed in, in just, I'm right, I know I'm right. Whereas now we're much more, okay, the client's right, our, our audience is right, our our customer base is right, and we really, really do consult with them before before taking that big leap and spending mm. a load of money, ultimately.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, right, other questions. How to manage transition from an employee to an employer? Okay. So do you mean it the other way around maybe, Lust. Okay, how from being employed to being self-employed? How to manage okay. that transition? Because that's, that's a tough thing for a lot of people, isn't it? You know, they're, yeah. They're, and getting that timing right is, is scary. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk will say, right, you've got your side hustle, all right? When your side hustle is making as at least as much money as your main hustle or more money, then that's the time when you make the transition. And I even heard it on his podcast today say exactly that. What do you feel about that?
1: Okay, I'm really bad. I was eight and a half months pregnant and I like, yeah, I was just about to have a baby and decided, right, in for a penny, in for a pound, and that was was it. So I'm probably not, I probably didn't have the most strategy it was it really was sort of passionate about it being different and having that that ability to change something that i was so passionate about that that kind of yeah that it fueled the fact that i i'm i'm made that jump and that that move at that time um so yeah i'm probably not one for the sensible rational would you say do you, would, you, would you, would you say
0: would you say that uh, you're an entrepreneur at heart after this journey or do you say that there's?
1: It's different, isn't it? Because I think that um, some people would say, "Oh, you know, that's that's huge. That's a big risk." And that, but actually, by nature, I'm really risk averse. So I, I'm I'm definitely in the two of us. I'm the more I'm the more cautious one. Um, I know that from again. I know he's out next week, friend girl, But yeah, when we did um, the business master the first one with Tony Robbins, I was really surprised because I kind of did think I was an entrepreneur, but I don't live to sell the business which it was kind of his definition it was like you know if if someone offers you right price tomorrow and you're out and that's it um, and then you're just all about the exit and that wasn't what it was about for me it was about the journey so probably by by nature i'm not i'm not just an out and out entrepreneur no um
0: what do think you think i am don't think about it i <laughs>
1: can't say <it> impulsively <laughs> yeah again we're live right (laughs) um, i think that you'd probably be way more entrepreneurial than me yeah i think naturally you'd be more um entrepreneurial i think i'm probably more operator manager as they they call Mm. it
0: Okay, fair enough. Right, um, Nadia says, my trade license allows me for one more year to sustain my business from home before I, have by law, have a physical office. How can I make the most of this one more year before I get hit by bigger bills when I have an office? Um, What are the top five things that I should do every month uh, to see those results coming?
1: I think it's just always focusing around sort of activity and the 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 kind of it's the business development side of the business in that first year that's what is so incredibly important getting those first clients on board curse customers through the door getting paying customers getting to the point where you're hitting that break even and so that's all about um business development and whether that's um getting right your online distribution whether that's spending loads of time networking whether that's um making sure that you've got your direct sales force a Kind of are out in force.
0: It's almost so it's almost like getting approach. to the end of a year and knowing that there's enough people that have bought your product so that they they can demonstrate to you that there yeah. is enough yeah. there is yeah. enough demand for that type of stuff in the marketplace regardless of what you're doing. Yeah. Um. And so you know you now it's almost like I've tested the demand. Mm-hmm. People are buying it. I'm bringing revenue through the door. So I know that I can make money. Okay. And in that first year, if you can't get those two things established, then
1: yeah. And the reality not- is that like no matter how good you are in terms of process operations that when you onboard your first clients, customers, whatever it may be, you'll realize that you hadn't got all the kinks worked out. And so that going through that process and being able to, yeah, um, yeah, iron out those kinks is so, so, so important while you're still in that space. Um, I guess as you go from kind of a toddler business, they, always, they kind of describe it as you go from having an infant of a business, so a baby that doesn't move anywhere, it can't really cause too much trouble, to a toddler that's kind of running around all over the place. And kind of yeah, making sure that you've transitioned while you are still at quite a low cost base, um, from that infant to that toddler, it'd be something that I'd advise any business to do.
0: One of year. the one of the biggest mistakes I think that that we made with our business in the early days is that we spent money on stuff that we didn't need to spend money on. Yeah. Okay, there was a lot of money that was spent in areas that we thought were great, and we and we just we just didn't need to spend that money. And um, yeah and every, every time that money was spent it was like a really valuable lesson it was it didn't it wasn't nice was it it's exactly. <laughs> like you spend the money and yeah. it didn't work okay um shazad says this woman is not very precise which makes us very difficult is what she is saying what she wants to say Wait, what, what, in What's
1: that? To what question? Uh, if Sorry. you want
0: more answers shazad then please ask a specific question, question in decent english and we'll give you that nadia says and because my brand is in cosmetics what are the top five things i can do besides tutorials to give the value to my answers okay let's back to that we've got other questions coming through here as well we've got to deal with those nadia and we'll come back to that and try and help you out a bit more um them. And... let's keep scrolling through here and uh, guys don't forget to ask your questions right give me another one give me another one of these mistakes i want to make sure that we get through these and we give people these clear mistakes that people are making
1: uh growing too quickly and so therefore from a management perspective so making people managers um without them being managers
0: ah promoting people into managerial roles without them actually having the skills Oh my God! That in nearly Careful. every company, <laughs> in nearly every company that, that that I I work with nowadays, nearly every company that is a yeah. massive problem. People get promoted into positions they're not qualified to do it. They've not been trained to do it. Yet they're expected to deliver a result around it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Can you? <laughs> <laughs> are we just it. So it's a, just
1: investing t- look. It's um, I think that particularly in in sales companies, there's just a, uh, and and I. I can still see the the debate today, naturally people who do really well in sales get promoted to be sales managers and quite unnaturally um, that doesn't usually fit their skill set. <laughs> um, and so we see that all of the time, we were really really guilty of it and again a lot of that is lack of succession planning. So if you've got top um, sales people, top writers, top billers and just not having anywhere for them to progress without them becoming. A manager of people, which again um, might not necessarily be the right thing for them. So succession plan and investment into the training and development of your management team, yeah, I can't stress how important that would
0: be. I'm mm. just as, as you're talking to me, what's happening is I'm thinking about those people <laughs> that we, because we made that mistake as well ourselves. That that was a problem that we had as a business. And so when you have that problem and you face it and you realize, you kind of learn it, it's yeah, like you, you see it so easily and everybody else thereafter, but before then you don't so much. Okay, um, more questions coming in here. Right, I've got some questions that have been emailed to us, so I wanna try to get through these as quick as I can. Mohammed Omo in Dubai says, is it possible to start a business without having the capital up front? I thought, uh, thought about hiring freelancers and keeping my expenses as low as possible until the business picks up. Um, I, I'm in brand marketing and I'm currently trying to market and sell my services to corporates here in Dubai.
1: Look, there's just so many examples of businesses that have been set up on a, a shoestring budget and have done incredibly well. Um, it's not going to be an easy journey, but again, going back to that, testing things out, and you can test things out relatively cheaply. And as you, you know, whether that's, um, instead of building out a whole product suite, creating some, it might be a guide that someone has to download, just testing that, is there an appetite for this market? And then obviously as... as um, as you can demonstrate that that business has got legs that it, it, it's sound and that there is an audience then getting investors on board is, is going to be way way easier than kind of going there with a blank piece mm. of paper so it's um it, it's not an easy it's not an easy task but it's definitely something that
0: I, 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 for me, it's the, the, a lot of people misunderstand doing that research. I, I believe you need to do offline and online research. It's like go and ask the audience online, okay, if they think this is a viable proposition, but also go out there, okay, and go and, whether that be a networking event or that, with a clipboard in the middle of Dubai Mall, okay? I uh, get people's value, valuable information, their opinions on whether there's, there's, there's value in what you want to do.
1: Well, the, yeah, there are just so many ways now that you can do that market research think one of the ones, particularly the online products that we found really useful was using things like, um, we use SpyFu, which is where you kind of look at what, so you can use a Google Analytics, whatever it may be, but looking at the, the questions that are actually typed into Google. So look if the product or service that people are actually asking for that product or service they're looking at for information, they're proactively seeking it. And again, um, that's something that, I'd, I'd be saying that anybody who is about to found a business that they spend a lot of time doing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, next question is coming in. Shelley Breyer in London. So, hi Shelly, how are you? Um, I've been wanting to start my own business for five years but I'm a single mom, I've got two kids to support. What terrifies me most is not being able to pull a, genera- a guaranteed salary every month. Um, do you have any passive income suggestions that will cover my bills while I get my consulting business off the ground?
1: think again it depends what your, your your fixed cost base is, isn't it? So um, there are loads of different ways in which um people can obviously structure that. I'd need to understand a little bit more about the the business there, but yeah, there are so many ways that people can build up passive income now. There's only online business options that um really I guess would support with that. I would say though with such a big commitment of having two children, what you said earlier is it's making sure that the the scales are are balanced and making sure that whatever your passion project is that you're that you're working on that the kind of you've tested it out and that you're starting to earn and it's it's balancing out before you take that leap.
0: I also think personally, though, that passive income businesses require a lot of hard work and dedication yeah. to, to so get to do, become they passive income. They
1: don't just start as passive income. That's yet. right. And, and
0: so I think that there's a lot, a lot that goes into that. Now, if you're a single mum, I'm just trying to think about this. You're a single mum, you've got two kids, you go to work all day, um, a lot of your time is swallowed up doing those types of things. So you're mm-hmm. probably going to have... Um, two or three hours an evening, yeah. okay, to be able to build that business that produces that passive income. And that's not a huge amount of time, but that's gonna require a massive amount of dedication from you to do that, like really loads of dedication, like discipline and commitment and and, and like focused time management to spend three hours every night before you go to bed and um, uh, dealing with those kids just to get that passive income business off the ground. Um, so you're in, you're in an interesting place. It's not that it's not doable because there's too many examples out there of, of yeah, women yeah. that have done it, you know? There's too many examples, you know, of women that have gone out there and done exactly that. But I'd be very, very careful. I'd be very, I'd be, Danielle, I'd be very <laughs> cautious about how you thought it through and made sure that you really did dot your I's and cross your T's on all of the work you needed to do before you pulled the trigger. That would be my, my piece of advice. Um, uh, Ibrahim Khalil in Dubai. Hi, Ibrahim. How you doing, mate? Danielle okay Um, how often should you uh, be assessing oh sorry how often should I be assessing and setting new goals for my business if I'm not hitting the goals I initially intended then should I lower my expectations or just try a new approach
1: interesting so we do 90 days so we, we assess everything every 90 days um, from a sales management perspective, that's done weekly, so there's kind of, um, weekly we're monitoring stuff, but as a, a, as a business and from our kind of revenue and targets, we, we, we assess on a quarterly basis. If you've not hit them, I guess it, it's it's looking for trends, so it's monitoring it enough so you can see when something's um, just a kind of a spike or it's a drop and it's not a, it's not a consistent trend. So I'd say that after a quarter, to to rewrite your business plan wouldn't be something that i i would be doing i'd probably be looking to tweak things here and there and again trying to avoid what as i said earlier that stop start mentality of kind of like this is wrong i've got to start it all over again it's usually just kind of minor adjustments that are needed Mm. and i think that yeah we we sometimes we can kind of overreact to a bad week a bad month a bad quarter and um, it can be quite destabilizing. Um,
0: I also think though, Harry's saying, should I be assessing and setting new goals? I think Ibrahim, the the greatest way to achieve goals is to start off, um, I would say, cautiously. So set a goal within your business that you're very confident that you can achieve. Make sure you know what the activities are required to achieve it. But what it will do is it will give you some confidence, it will give you some belief, and then you can maybe then increase that goal bit by bit. And then you're always feeding yourself positive news And by feeding yourself positive news, then you don't have to necessarily reassess what the goal has to be and start again. You're just like increasing it bit by bit. And if you've done 10, then guess what? You can do 11 next quarter if we take 90 days. If you do 11 next quarter, guess what? The quarter after you can do 12. Because when you know you can do 11, 12 is not a big step. So really think about that and make sure you don't give yourself overwhelming goals to try and achieve within the business and then become disillusioned and then have to reassess it all. Miles um, McCallie in Scotland. Hi, Miles, how you doing, mate? This is Danielle. Mm. Um, how much money would you advise saving before starting your own company? I was thinking of starting a real estate business, of all things, um, and I'm, I've currently saved up to three months worth of income, is that enough? Um, I'll answer that question for you and then Danielle can finish it. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd say that uh, for most people, if you kind of, you, you're diving in there and that's gonna be the full time, I'd, I'd say 12 months income um, as a minimum, really. Um, that would be my
0: advice. Okay, there you go, They're straight <laughs> as it is, straight as it is. Um, Ahmad Abadi in Abu Dhabi, hey mate, how are you? Um, I've been wanting to start my own digital agency for years, but I'm terrible at sales, I just don't know how to ask for business. How do I go about finding prospective clients and then getting them to sign retainers with me? The market's incredibly competitive at the moment, uh, that it seems impossible to make it as a newbie in the industry. Wow,
1: okay. <laughs> okay, a lot of this is yours. I think that, um, that last part of that question, it, it's such a competitive market. If it's a competitive market, you really need to understand what it is that you're doing differently. Um, there are so many businesses that are born um, just out of being a carbon copy of a previous business with a different badge and a different logo. And yeah, people are gonna find it tough. So if you are gonna enter a space that's overcrowded, um, I'd suggest reading a book called Blue Ocean Strategy. Um, yeah. It's one It's one of my, my favorite favorite books. But. Um, I think, yeah, you should really, really think just, just just the question itself would lead you to say.
0: Okay, so my feeling on this is if, you, if you're, I don't know, real estate's a really competitive market here in the UAE as an example. I know the digital space is getting really competitive, but as I look more and more into the real estate industry, I see that actually there's a load of companies in the real estate industry that just don't do very well because they're not working very hard. Mm-hmm. And the, the, a lot of the time, there's lots of companies out there that aren't doing anything differently. They're just outworking their competition. Yeah. And so they have a better work ethic, a better focus. They're, 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 you know, they're not just putting the hours in, they're putting the legwork in as well. <clears throat> so I would, I would ask you really to understand what you mean by competitive industry, because yeah. I'm, I'm sure that sometimes if you actually analyze all of your competition, it isn't necessarily that there's lots of competition out there, really. There might be lots of one-man bands, lots of freelancers in your space. That doesn't mean they're getting the business. Remember, most people in most business spaces are doing just enough. Most businesses aren't really succeeding. They're on the edge. Loads of companies manage uh, cash flow issues every single month. So getting success in the industry that you're in, okay, isn't maybe as difficult as you think it is based around the competition. As Danny said, it's about understanding what your proposition is. Um, And if you don't know how to sell, then you need to learn. It's like a skill, you know, if you want to do the legal work for your company, then you'd need to understand law. You know, Danny and I use lawyers because we're not lawyers. Okay. But we focus okay, and un- and understand what we're good at. And when we don't, we go out and learn. I remember a time when you were learning to bloom in code <laughs> and uh, we, we had this the, these guys with a piece of software that we had and um, and Danny's, Danny's like, I don't understand what they're saying. I'm like, well, they're speaking English. He says they're not. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but they are. She says, yeah, they're, they're speaking code. And I, and I said, I don't know how to deal with that, Danny. I don't speak code. He said, but I'm gonna to have to go and learn to speak code. I'm gonna have to un- was. understand. Was it Gherkin, Gherkin? Gherkin, that was the code yet to learn. And so, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah that, that, was co- that was the program.
1: <laughs> I love how, how techy you are. <laughs> I think on that though, it's really, really, really interesting. <laughs> Shut up,
0: you're my joke. I think
1: it's really interesting to say though, as well in the competitive space, do the, do the end users, do the clients think it's competitive? So right now, are people going? Do you know what all the digital marketing and branding agencies are in by just absolutely awesome? And I just I'm just spoilt for choice, or is there still a massive need and a massive yeah um, expectation that that should be better? because if so it's quite easy then to dominate your competition isn't it yeah there's
0: there's also i bet if you asked 100 people you went into i don't know all of the emirates right now and you asked 100 expats that live here okay do you know someone that works for a digital agency i bet the number would be pretty low across those 100 people that would actually know someone that works you need a digital agency do you know where to look
1: yeah, I'm sure. That... I bet
0: there's loads of people out there that wouldn't know where to start. I mean, I even get even that. I, even, I get that every single element of that, right? There's people that in, in financial services or people that financial services clients say, "No one's ever contacted me. I'm so glad you did." Mm-hmm. And yet, we're in a highly competitive market. Okay, next question. Karen Cornish. Hi, Karen. How are you? Um, I thought I'd be my own, uh, sorry. I thought that being my own boss would be the most rewarding thing in the world. But recently, it feels I'm on the verge of a heart attack. Managing a company and staff is hard work. I feel like I work 24 seven. Does it ever stop? How do you manage to find balance?
1: Is this this me, is it? (laughs) Yeah. Again, that's the succession plan. Um, You can't do it all on your own, Karen. And I, yeah, I think we've both been there and felt, oh my goodness, this is just, it's not getting any easier. And it only starts to get easier when you surround yourself with the right people who have the same vision as you. And then all of a sudden that, that workload, you start, to, you start to share it and, and it does become so much easier and that's going back to the, the corporate culture and the hiring strategy and all of those things that make so much sense now. Seven years down the line, seven years ago, it was, kind of, it was pretty low on, on a kind of hiring list of requirements and um, it's, now, it's now number one on there. But that's when it will get easier and it does, it does get easier.
0: Mm. Richard Branson says that the, the the greatest skill that he has is the ability to find great people and delegate to them. Yeah. So and and I think when you kind of like look at him, I'm sure there's a lot going on behind the scenes. But when you look at the stereotypical images of Richard Branson, he's always seemed to be chilled out, kite surfing, yeah. and his island, easy. Necker Island, yeah. or he's on his canal boat in London. It's almost like Richard Branson's like really laid back. I'm sure there's a load going on. But yeah. he said, I find great people and I delegate, and I think that's important. Mark says, Mark Blackwell, how you doing, mate? How do you deal with differences in opinion, strategy, <laughs> stroke strategy, based upon your difference of age? Oh, that's interesting. But Danielle's not older than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so just so you know, the age gap between Danny and I, I think, is about um, two years. Is it? no that was it 15? fifteen years? Fifteen years. Okay, so it's 50 we We've got a 50 Is it really?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: really? oh Always the same. Never changed. No, no, never changed. Interesting, because obviously we come from different generations. That's a really great, great question, Mark. What do you think?
1: We generally argue it out, and then Spencer forgets the, <laughs> what we've argued about, and I end up implementing what I thought in the first place. <laughs> um, no, I don't I don't believe know, you just that. said That's that. That's pretty much it, isn't it? That's kind of how it. Is. No, in all seriousness, it is a bit like we have got really extreme differences in some ways, but I think on the whole we kind of sit. We, usually, our outcome were pretty um, we're pretty similar in terms of. <laughs>
0: I think we have differences of opinion sometimes and but I think we have, uh, what I actually think we have is enough respect for each other yeah, to listen to each other yeah. um, and enough respect to not only listen but but then go away and, and really kind of listen. process it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, really listen and process it um, because I think a lot of the time in, in either the heat of the moment or in the moment, regardless of the heat of the moment, um, uh, I, Mark, I think, sorry, what was his name? Yeah, Mark. Mark. Yeah, Mark. Um, I think that that you don't always listen and understand what's going on you just because you have your position and your place that you're thinking about it from you don't take that into consideration so yeah i think we do don't we yeah and i think i actually think it's a it's well, strong I, I,
1: communicate like we speak we i mean we speak all the time, don't we? Yeah. We, can... we
0: speak pretty much. So yes, yeah, so Danielle, so everyone understands what the picture is. Okay, I run the I run the the make it happen side of the business. Danielle runs the blue blue sky thinking group, which is a whole bunch of brands, including wealth management, tech, um, first, day um, uh, first day wellness, um, insurance, all kinds of great stuff. She runs that that part of the business, and we we speak every morning as Danielle drives to work. We talk on the phone in the morning, and at the end of the day, okay, we speak at the end of the day on a way home from work um sometimes in the middle but no that, that that's kind of ad hoc most of the time it's on our way to work and on on the way home and it, danielle was on holiday recently for a few weeks it, it was like nobody's calling me in the morning <laughs> but um yeah, and, and and you know, and what we do is we, we choose stuff over and stuff. Some stuff she talks about, it's just it's not very significant to me. Sometimes it's just like okay, fine, do whatever you want to do. And sometimes I'm like, whoa, hold on a minute, that's quite a, that's quite important. And it might not actually be that significant to Danny, but it really is to me in the moment. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much how we deal with it, Mark. Hopefully that answers that question for you. Um, how to manage the fight? I say Ahmad says, um, how do you manage your finances? Okay, if you have half the capital, what you're planning for? So if you've got half as much money as you need, okay, to start your business how do you manage your finances I
1: mean that's that's some tough decision-making there, needed so there's going to be a lot of uh, wants um, having to be crossed off that list and really really bringing it back down to the, to the wireframe um, it's not easy to do but yeah that's what it comes down to it's looking at everything and going I think um is it gonna win new business is it gonna sustain my existing business so they should be the two questions that if you're on a really tight budget that you just need to be asking over and over again. And yeah, if it, if answer to either of those questions is, no, it's it's not, then it's kind of, it's not a necessity and that's it,
0: it's cut. Okay, well, that's actually quite interesting. I mean, think about it. I would say, hold your horses... Just be patient right now. If you've got half as much as you need... what? would.
1: <laughs> well, <I> never... <laughs> hold your hold. I've never heard you say that ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whoa there. Yeah. But I would say, look, if you've got half as much as you need, stop. Yeah. Don't think you can do You need to do it right now. Okay, stop spending money on the car payments, on the flash car that you've got. Yeah, depending Save on a how bit much more money and get where you need to go.
1: How, yeah, how committed and how deep, I guess, you are in that business. Yeah, f- definitely, if you're just about to start it. Maybe, maybe halt. I actually had um, my CFO, speaking of great people, my CFO today, his um, his advice was plan for the worst case in terms of payment terms. So um, particularly, I mean, we're obviously based in the Middle Give East, an example. So um, someone owes you some money, so you do some work for someone and you have a 30 day payment period that could go to 90 days, 60 days. So from a cash flow perspective, uh-huh. kind of, plan for very worst case scenario I believe the example he was giving me today was with vat so it was um when we planned for VAT, the vat reimbursements ended up being three times longer than any, anyone had been told but it was like that could have really you could have put a business under yeah so really worst case scenario and uh, mid, the middle east is terrible for it in terms of people yeah, late people payments pay payment, and yeah. stalling payments and yeah yeah you have to be really careful um, about
0: that Nadia says, what were the what, what were those key elements that made you realize Raj's expertise was mm-hmm. ideal to help your social media grow? Because I've seen a massive growth in your business and you are by far the most committed, committed individual I've known. Well, Nadia, oh, thank nice. you very much. That's really kind of you to say so. Um, what Raj did is he put some context around my content. That's what he did. He started to control my content. And Raj isn't a guy that grows audiences, so, so you know. He's not a social media manager. He's a content creator. So he will say, this is the type of content I think you need to create we then create that and then we have the social media aspect of, of promoting or, or uh, increasing the audience that see and engage with that but um he knows more than me and it's a case of, of not being pig-headed and not being a know-it-all and just saying if someone knows more than me guess what i'm gonna listen and in that case i did and yeah. raj has been a great asset to us and we all love him everyone seems yeah. to love raj he's such a such a nice guy and he, he really does uh, uh he really does um Make a big difference. He's a really positive character. Okay, which business is sustainable? to do for the next five years service oriented or products as you know the current market is huge and changing towards betterment particularly as per your experience growth is seen uh, throughout the last couple of years um how much capital do you require for a business to survive a couple of years what are the needs and wants in terms of management to look up to um and which one is better in the comparative market franchise brand or work on totally new idea put 100 percent in do you know what uh circle uh, look alike um i tell you what mate that's a really long and detailed question and i need some more information from you so let me come back to you on that and i'll answer that privately afterwards gareth how you doing nice to see you online mate in your opinion how important is culture and how much emphasis would you place on creating the right culture so much oh gareth you've asked you've Danielle's you favorite question ever okay it
1: <laughs> is it. it's so important um it just is a battle. So if you haven't got the right corporate culture, if there are people, if when you walk into the office that you don't enjoy spending time with, you're not on the same page as a, as a leader of that business, it's just, yeah, it's horrible. And I think it was Karen who said earlier how lonely it can be at the best of times. And so that corporate culture is is, is what makes this also worthwhile and yeah fulfilling and and to enjoy the journey of it and being around people who who feel the same as you do and my my test is kind of could you walk into your office and sort of say anyone in this office is going to deal with whether that's your parents, your mum, your sister, your biggest client could you do that and I think if you can say yes that, that's when you know that you, you've got it right.
0: Definitely. Good good question, Gareth. Guys, just a quick question for you while you're on here. If Danielle and I were to do a and a for you, a live Q&A where we came and we met you at a venue, we had some tea and coffee, and you could come and ask your questions over a couple of hours and learn about how you could improve your business, is that something that you would find valuable? Is that something that would benefit you? If it is, I can organise it, but I need to know. So just type in yes, if it would be, and no, if it would not be, okay? So a and a with Danielle and I where we sit and answer your questions, and help you with your businesses. Let us know, this is okay? called
1: an assumptive close, right? <laughs> if this is going to be valuable. <laughs> That, that was your invite.
0: That was your cue. Yeah. Okay. So let us know. Just type in there. Let us know if it, if it would be of benefit to you. Okay. Because I'd would like to know. All right. Genuinely. Don't sit in the background. Because I'll, I'll, I'll say Nadia says I'll buy you the coffee. Great. <laughs> okay. Let me know if there's enough of you here that say yes. Then it might be something that we can arrange for you. And we'll just sure. sit. Honestly, you, you're happy to do that, yeah? Yes. Okay. okay. We'll sit there and we'll we'll literally just take questions from you. You bring your 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 business problems to us. You bring your challenges to us, and we'll work out the best strategy so that you can execute them far more effectively. Remember, Danielle has been able to take um, the group of companies that we've got, and I I need you to understand this because a lot of people will belittle it, okay? But quite simply, okay, Danielle's taken a business that we had that was growing, okay, she took over that part of the business from me. That business is worth almost $100 million, all right? This is no, you know, corner shop type business. It started very, very small, almost nothing, and it became what it is today. What were we six years in? Seven seven years in, okay? And when we exit this business, when eventually that happens, there's gonna be a lot of people that work for the company, okay? That have got equity in the business that are gonna be leaving with a big, big paycheck when they go. And so, there's something that Danny, I know is very proud of too. So a load of people saying, yes, yes, yes. Okay, you want, okay, fine. If that's the case and you want to, I'll get some Instagram posts done, Instagram stories done, and I'll invite you to a Q&A with us, you know, maybe in three or four weeks time, okay? But don't make excuses, all right? Don't say you're going to be there and you want to come and it's valuable and make excuses and not turn up, okay? To me, that's just a pain in the bum for me. So if we do it, okay, I'll make sure that we come along, but you've got to make sure you're there as well. Okay, one or two last questions before we finish. Um, Peter Sage. Hi, Peter. How are you? Do you have a mentor or coach, Spencer? How important is a career coach for someone in the sales and business world that's thinking of starting their own business? I've heard that it helps with focus and staying accountable. Um, I don't at the moment, Peter, have a coach. I do. Um, Dan- Danielle has a coach. I don't have a coach at the moment. I've had coaches. Um, And I've got a bit of an issue around the whole world of coaching because um, I believe that if you haven't gone out there and done it yourself, you shouldn't be teaching it. And that's that's the position that I come from. I know that Danielle has a slightly different perspective on it, but for me, um, maybe that's something to do with my ego. I don't know. Maybe there's something in there that says that I need to be, I need, you know, what well, Tony Robbins has coached Danielle and I, right. We've been to his events and we've had his coaching and, and Tony is up there as far as I'm concerned. And because he's up there, okay. He's able to share and, 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 and advice. Okay. Um, in a way that I want to sit and listen to what he's got to say, and with Danielle uh, implement his his knowledge. Um, other people out there, I'm sometimes a little bit more skeptical of. Okay, Aren't nice to see you on. Um, we're not coming to Marbella. Um, <laughs> Ken, how you doing, mate? Nice to see you. So, if if that um, if having a coach is the right thing, then I think then finding the exact right coach for you that can do what you want it to do is more important. Um, And I just don't know anybody in the town right now, because I'm a face-to-face guy. I don't want an online coaching session. I don't want a telephone coaching session. I want to sit with someone with a notepad, okay? And in fact, I'd probably want to sit with Danny as well and that coach. Um, I need that. And so I'm not sure who's out there right now that that potentially could help me. For sales, I think you need to learn the skills. Once you've learned the skills, I think you need to go and practise the skills, apply them to your business, get it all wrong, that's okay. And then remember that you keep learning. And then what you actually want to do is be clear and defined on your goals and and, and just commit to it, you know? If you're going to learn a process, commit to it. There'll be people that poo-poo it, there'll be people that argue with it, you know? Just don't, okay? For example, on my university, there's a process. Steps. Follow the steps. Ignore what everyone else is saying and say follow the steps. And you'll find that if you keep doing it repeatedly, then it'll work for you. Uh, and you won't necessarily need a coach. What you need is a great manager, maybe if you're in sales, a guy that helps inspire you and motivate you. And then that process would, I think, be more effective. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, last question from uh, Leica in Germany. What's the one thing you wish you had known prior to starting the business?
1: Nice. Very difficult. How to rob banks. <laughs> <laughs> um, go on, you've got, you you've, you take the lead on one.
0: Um, the one thing I wish I'd have known. Um,
1: start with an exit strategy.
0: Yes, yeah, start with an exit strategy. Um, someone, this is, this is me being really honest, nobody would have heard this online. Somebody said once to me in a meeting with Danielle, Spencer, the way that you invest in mm. this business is like, um a very rich kid who's just inherited a fortune from a dead relative. Didn't. And when he said it it really resonated with me. It kind of sat there and I'm like, whoa, hold on a minute. But then I thought because I was making some really bad investment decisions in the business. You know, I was spending on stuff always, so websites and other things. I was I was wanting to spend the money because I had the money. I wanted to spend the money and try and try things probably when I shouldn't have done. So maybe I would have saved myself and and this is as bad as it might be. I probably would have saved myself two or three million pounds, three or four million dollars. Okay, that I spent that I probably didn't need to spend, all because I was a, uh, I wasn't patient. I was gung ho. Um, it was like, yeah, let's do it. And Danielle was at the stage uh, where, she, because she'd been Danielle had worked for me before, and so she hadn't grown the, the confidence to be able to say no. Okay, she hadn't got that in her yet, and so, and I so I, I couldn't lean on her to say no. It, it, it evolved, but right at the beginning, it wasn't. It was just a little bit. It was true, yeah. yeah. Um, when Danielle eventually was able to say, "Whoa, hold on a minute here." Okay, that's when everything changed on how we spent money and we got much more sensible. So I wish I'd have known that at the beginning. Do you know what? I wish I didn't have as much money. That would have been a better situation. I wish I didn't have a load of money and I wish I was starting the business, okay, without a lot of money, okay? And that I think think would have led to making better decisions just because of necessity necessity rather than any other reason. Okay. um, Great. Now I need to learn what an exit strategy is. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent stuff. Guys, if this has been valuable to you, then please press the share button. Let everybody else see it. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's show. Danielle, thank you so much for coming and joining us. If you'd like to follow Danielle online, okay, how can they follow you?
1: Danny Satchley, BSTG, Safe Hands. Okay. okay. So
0: the company is beneple.com, Blue Sky Thinking Group. Look for them in Dubai. SafeHandsUAE.com.
1: Binsbury.com.
0: Fin- Sorry, hyphen associates. Finsbury hyphen associates.com. Okay, Danielle is the CEO of all of those companies within the group. Okay, go follow her. Go give us some comments. Go and see what she's doing. Go and share. Okay, if you think she's valuable, share your thoughts. Okay, and again, we will get that Q&A sorted out and we'll try and bring it as valuable to you as possible. But for now, it's the end of the show. Whatever you do, make sure that you make it happen. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye now.